This episode of EMS One Stop is brought to you by Lexapol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Okay, just a second, Rob, bear with me. Incoming missiles on Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, Ramad Gan, the whole central Israel now. It has been a crazy day. All right, yeah, we'll wait for the we'll, hey, we'll, 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 we'll wait the minute and a half now to hear what the results are. I apologize if we'll have interference from my radio, but we're getting a, a live live feed. Well, I'm just going to talk while you wait then, because this is the start of our EMS One Stop podcast. It's a little bit different to the podcasts that you normally hear us do, but if you're watching on YouTube, and uh, I commend that you do, because we're looking at the moment live at uh, our good friend and returning guest to the show, Dov Maisel. Uh, as you've heard, there's an incoming missile strike potentially. Uh, actually, I suspect on Tel Aviv, uh, Dov is just sitting here waiting uh, by his radio to see what's going to happen in the outcome. And uh, in a minute, we'll come back into the sort of normal recording and uh, reintroduce Dov. Many of you know him. And uh, we'll uh, literally live this one through with him. And uh, in, in a minute or two, we'll go back and we'll uh, recount the, the dark days that have uh, that have befallen the nation of Israel. Um, and also, before we start, of course, we're talking about terrorist action. Uh, uh, and uh, that's, I, I think, the, the, the key point. Of course, there are inevitably civilian casualties on both sides. Um, this is the nature of war. But uh, one of the most amazing things, and again, I'm talking about Dov is looking at me and he's listening to me, is that Hadzala is a multi-denominational, multi-faith organisation. It's not about... Um, the, the, those are the Jewish faith. It's actually Muslim. It's Jew. It's combined service here going on uh, in Israel with Hazala. And I'm sure in a second when Dov comes back on, he will uh, either confirm or correct what I just said. But uh, I oh, think I'm, that... Oh, he's back. There you are. I'm back. I'm back. We're waiting. We're waiting. But but I'll just correct you on one thing. Go on. We, we are a multi-faith organization. But we are an organization of human beings. What we've underwent here in the past Excellent. week has nothing to do with human beings. This is barbaric. This is something that I've never witnessed and I've been through terror waves here in my 30 years of EMS. Yeah. I've seen buses blown up. I've seen suicide bombers in dozens. Nothing on this scale. This is something that is, is, is it's things that ISIS, we all remember yeah. watching the videos of what ISIS has done uh, years ago, this overcomes all of that. As your own president said, uh, this is your 9-11. And uh, when you start to think of it in those terms, it, it you know, I, I can't even begin to reiterate what you just said, but the gravity of what's just happened is the world is watching and the world is feeling for everybody there. Um, any news on the, uh, on the uh, missile strike, Dov? Yes, detonated by Iron Dome, and we're waiting to hear if there's any uh, any injuries. At the moment, nothing called in. Okay, so this is a good time to restart. The last time I had Dov Maisel as my guest on, uh, he also was under air raid uh, warning. We had a, a very deep and, and wide-ranging discussion about, obviously, the the attacks then, and also just some of the, uh, the, the mass casualty incidents that Hazala has dealt with in the past. Before we talk about today, Dov, just give for those that may not have heard our discussions before, 
on this podcast and on this broadcast. Just give us a quick sort of backstory, if you like, of Hadzala itself. So the United Hatzala, for those of us who don't speak Hebrew so fluently, Hatzala is rescue, the Hebrew word for rescue or United Rescue of Israel's community-based emergency medical service uh, comprised of about 7,000 volunteers, doctors, paramedics, and EMTs that uh, do first response on the community level. We operate throughout Israel, responding to approximately 2,000 emergencies on a regular daily basis, you know, your regular heart attacks, um, uh, strokes, car accidents, whatnot. Uh, we operate over a thousand motorcycles that do the, that the volunteers respond on. We operate uh, as an ALS BLS system. We have uh, about 70 ambulances, uh, both ALS and BLS units out there, ATVs. We operate with two helicopters today um, and, and, you know, rescue boats and whatnot. You name it, anything that, that can assist in, in minimizing the response time to medical emergencies. We're there, we're out there. And, 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 and creating real change and real impact in, in Israel. And amongst that, unfortunately, is also terror attacks, mass casualty incidents, and, and, and others. So just to sort of conclude my, my question about Hadzala itself then, where do you get the staff and the volunteers from? Are they drawn from all walks of life, all sectors of the community? So we call it United Hatzala, United Rescue, because we unite the different walks of life, a cross-section of Israeli society, uh, men, women, Jews, Arabs, Christians, um, uh, all, all faiths, religious, secular, from all communities, every city, every town, every village in Israel has volunteers because these are people from the community that stepped up. We trained them, uh, equipped them, given the technology and everything, and we operate. It's the Uber of life-saving here, and it's the auxiliary and buffer to the government ambulance services here. Excellent. Thank you for telling us that. So let's go back just what must be a few days, many, many hours for you, because you, you have said you've not had a lot of sleep since then. But, uh, you know, talk us through those opening hours. So we're on day 10 of the war. I mean, it's not an operation. It's a war. It's the war of, of, of light against darkness. Uh, the the, the uh, civilization against uh, uh, barbaric uh, uh, acts. Uh, early last Saturday morning, 6.30 in the morning, I'm woken up to uh, my radio going off on, uh, on, on dozens of, uh, of air raid sirens going off throughout the country. Um, and under the uh, auspices of this air raid, there was a ground strike of over 2,000 Hamas terrorists that crossed the border from Gaza into Israel, overtaking 22 towns, the southern border of Israel to Gaza, um, of those Sderot uh, and, and other kibbutzim and villages going in and creating massacres in, in these villages, going into houses, slaughtering families, children, babies, women, raping them, decapitating them, burning them um, in, 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 in all of these towns, um, killing, murdering 1,500 people. And to put things into perspective, if we look at, we call it the 9-11 of Israel. If we look per capita, it's like 40 times what happened in 9-11. Okay, just to put things into perspective. These are villages that some of them, 50% of the population were slaughtered and killed. Over 3,000 people were injured and over 200 were taken captive back into Gaza, which is what opened up the operation of liberating these villages 
and now an operation on, on Gaza to take Hamas out. This is, uh, um, I have no words to describe the sights, um, what we needed to go through to treat people under fire, and I'm talking about hundreds. And just to put things into perspective, we're talking about from the 1,500 people killed, we're talking about 1,100 civilians, women, children, babies, whole families that were simply slaughtered in their houses, burnt, exploded, you name it. And this is this took hours, hours until the IDF were able to take control. I'm talking about 36 hours until they were able to take control of these villages again and uh, eliminate the, the terrorists from there. Uh, over 2,000 terrorists were killed and accounted for and others made it back into Gaza with over 200 women, children, babies, and others uh, that were taken uh, captive uh, under Hamas in Gaza. Now, I, I'll relate to a lot of what we in EMS experience because we're talking about theoretically a civilian area. These, these towns, I'll just describe it, are really farms. It's like most of them do agriculture, um, you know, uh, growing produce um, uh, and, 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 you know, are very peaceful. It, it's just farm roads. One of the, the most horrific parts of this attack was a, a massive um, peace party, a, a nature peace party there with over 3,000 people, uh, you know, partying at night, music, and one of, one of these peace festivals. Um, and over 50 terrorists overtook there. And more than 280 people were killed in that festival. And I think it was Bono from uh, U2 that started uh, one of his shows this week, this past week, saying uh, that, uh, that at the break of dawn, the Stars of David were taken in this concert. And uh, in this one site, there were more than 280 people killed um, and, and, and hundreds injured. Some of them made it out, some of them did not. Now, as EMS, our response was obviously immediate deploying volunteers out to the scene, um, not even understanding the magnitude of this incident, meaning one call from, after another coming in from people hiding in their homes, saying that there are terrorists, that some of their family members were shot, killed, some of them are injured, without the ability to even get to them. Um, very uh, horrific phone calls. And, and this is before the stage of actually being able to get in there and treat the patients. And, and we're talking about dozens and dozens and hundreds of phone calls coming in from people hiding in closets, shelters, and, 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 and describing the most despicable situation. And for our dispatchers, even for the dispatchers on the phone for long minutes, and some of them even hours, this was uh, the most horrific uh, uh, incident of their life. And the volunteers in the field responding, obviously we always say safety, safety, safety first in EMS. But the situation here was that there were hundreds of people injured. And I've been through um, wars in my military service as a combat medic, as you, Rob, have experience in this in yeah. your past. You can imagine what a battlefield looks like. But this is a battlefield in the civilian arena on scales that I don't think have been known to humanity in the modern history. And the ability to treat patients, to see the devotion of volunteers, risking their lives, going in under terrorist fire, under, under cross fires between 
IDF soldiers and terrorists pulling out victims. I would say that the amount of tourniquets that we put out in the first 36 hours was in the thousands, thousands of tourniquets. We treated over 3,000 victims on the ground. And the amount, sorry, the amount of tourniquets, bandages, chest seals, trachs, chest drains, needle applications, tubes that were put out in this first 36, 48 hours of operation is more than what we use, and I would say half a year. Um, unprecedented. We emptied out. We had trucks going from a logistical center that opened up, pushing equipment down to the southern region, of course, pushing out protective gear, bulletproof vests and helmets that our volunteers were using uh, because we actually, our ground rule is like in every MS, you don't enter a, a danger zone. But the volunteers getting on the radios with me, I was in HQ when it started before I headed actually down to the field, was they're calling and screaming for help from in there. The IDF soldiers that started the, the, the defense process were understaffed and they had no capabilities to rescue the victims out from the scene. And our volunteers simply, I told them, it's up to you, literally. It's up to you. And they all went in and, and the government ambulance services, which were two, three kilometers back at, at a different junction out of the fire, direct fire, um, we actually started transporting these victims out from the villages out to the hospitals, to the government ambulance service. Our helicopters, we immediately brought them both down south to that region, to the immediate region. And, the, and, and it, there were so many, just try to wrap your, your thoughts around having three, four, five, ten gunshot wound patients thrown at you at one or two medics with one ambulance. You can't pile them up one on top of another. We had volunteers going with their private cars, throw them in the back seats, literally, with tourniquets on them. Imagine tourniquets on all extremities, all extremities, needle in their chest, Asherman, chest seals, thrown in the back seats of cars, driven out two, three kilometers out to the ambulances that were waiting there that can treat them. And from there, either to the helicopters or to the ambulances taken to the hospital. It's a site that you can't even explain. We're, 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 we're from our experience here, and I'm sure Rob, you'll have questions. I'm just going on and on because no, please don't. Part of my venting, maybe. You listen, mate. You, you can, you can. You're painting a picture here, and I'm not going to disturb you because the picture you're painting is one that we all need to hear. So please do carry on. And I'm talking about hundreds of medics, EMTs, and doctors that jumped out of their homes from all around the south and from other parts of the country and headed down there and ran in under fire ran in under fire because there were hundreds, actually thousands of people that were injured. Thousands. I think the total count up to now is about 3,500 people that were injured beyond the 1,500 that were killed. So we're talking about, about, about a, a 22 scenes with 5,000 casualties, okay? Of them injured and killed and I think it's, a, a, I mean, even us with all of our experience through the suicide bombers here of 150 and 200 people injured and 15, 20, 30 killed, it was luxury when I look back at those because then 
we'd have ambulance assembled at the scene within five, 10, 15 minutes. And we were able to transport everybody to the hospital within less than an hour. This is an incident that went on for 48 hours. And from there into the military uh, operation, once the villages imagine, as you continue operating from the fields, from behind buildings in the cities, these, uh, these terrorist groups that were hiding out started coming out shooting. We had volunteers of ours that were shot while treating civilians on scene, shot. We had seven volunteers shot. We had two volunteers killed. Um, and then we have, a, we have a, two volunteers uh, missing that were on standby in this festival. They were probably abducted and taken into, into Gaza as more than the 200 people that were kidnapped into Gaza. And this is, this is a situation that you can't even imagine. We're not talking about an hour. We're not talking about two. We're talking about 48 hours of this. And after the 48 hours, for the past eight days after that, is a military operation undergo in Gaza. And throughout the day, missiles showered on Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, southern cities, direct hits on houses. I live not far from Tel Aviv. And over the weekend, I had two missiles drop within 300 meters from my house that were not detonated by Iron Dome. They outran the Iron Dome because even the Iron Dome can't get all of them. And I'm talking about the house shaking. I'm talking about the kids panicking. And I'm talking about me needing to leave the house in order to respond. And this is happening throughout the country. We're talking about almost 10,000 missiles over this past 10 days in this operation. Add to that, and I'm sorry, Rob, that I'm continuing to go on. No, keep going. Only, keep going. Not only looking at the Gaza front, um, the Lebanese front, Hezbollah, is, has been a, a, agitating on the border. And yesterday alone shot over 10 missiles and nine anti-tank missiles towards civilians and military targets in Israel. This morning, the government ordered evacuation of 28 towns on the northern border. We're talking about almost 25,000 people evacuated from their homes which is uh, all the towns that are up to two and a half, three kilometers from the border. And, and, and we are on high alert there as well with our volunteers, over 1,500 volunteers spread out in these communities because they live there. And reinforced by volunteers from central Israel that are assisting there. We're looking at a multi-front war on the state of Israel and us as a non-government organization as a uh, non-political organization, as an EMS that sees no religion, that sees no race. Like I said, we have volunteers from all groups. By the way, one of the volunteers that was killed was a Muslim from Nazareth. And uh, he, was, he was buried just the other day. Another volunteer of ours, a doctor, Dr. Tarek from Arara, Bedouin, Muslim from the South, stopped to treat patients, victims on the road from the terror attack, and they were taken by, he was taken by the terrorists hostage and used as a human shield for two hours straight while they, while they were killing 26 different people driving down on the road and ended up shooting him in the leg. And then they were taken out by special forces. These monsters see no religion. These monsters just want to kill. And unfortunately, within our family here of the volunteers, everyone is affected. No one is immune. And, and these are very 
very tough days. Rob, we've spoken many times before. We yeah. go back years, um, but nothing, nothing like this. And we're not done. And we're looking at weeks, maybe months ahead of, of, of what's going on here. And uh, first of all, I would like the prayers of all our family of, of EMS around the world uh, to see what we're doing, understand um, that we are all one in this. It's the war of good against evil. And, and our job here is, is, is to, to shine the light on all the good that's being done within this. So thank you, Dov, for that. Uh, we all needed to hear that. And uh, before we carry on, we're just going to take a quick break. Lexapol empowers first responders and public servants to best meet the needs of their residents safely and responsibly, serving more than 2 million public safety and government professionals in over 8,000 agencies and municipalities. Lexapol offers a range of solutions that includes policies, training, behavioral health resources, news and analysis, and grant assistance services for law enforcement, fire and rescue, EMS, local government, and other agencies dedicated to public safety. To learn more, visit lexapol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L dot com. And we're back, and we're talking to Dov Mazel, who is in Israel right now. Uh, as you may have heard before the break, a very descriptive, a very powerful a very emotion-filled description of what's gone on. Um, you mentioned it. You said it, Dov, first. We've known each other for for, for many, many years. Uh, therefore, I've seen you for many, many years. You look tired. How we've much sleep have you had? We've been in this for 10 days, and I know everyone will tell me you have to sleep because it affects your judgment. I agree. I try to get some sleep, but I would say I've accumulated maybe 12, 13, 15 hours of sleep in the past 10 days because – it, it, it's war. It's simply war. I'm I'm not going to offer you any advice, mate. You've got to do what you've got to do, of course. Um, you have a lot of people on the ground. You've just discovered, discussed, you know, the 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 scenario, the scenes they're seeing. Um, you, you've lost people, potentially and sadly. Um, you know, how how are you how are you monitoring them? How are you deploying them? How are you keeping an eye on them? And you know, and, and uh, all that kind of logistic stuff that you have to do. So we have our whole system. Well, we got to understand first of all that even our uh, we're a, we're we're a volunteer organization. So everything outside of HQ is basically structured on volunteers. The whole structure, the managerial structure of the whole organization outside of HQ is volunteers. HQ itself comprised about three hundred and fifty employees, logistics, uh, operations, etc. Um, because of the war, so 360,000 Israeli reservists of the IDF were called into the into into uh, active duty now. So us as well in in management, also all of our combat soldiers have all been drafted into the front lines of the operation. So we're short staffed, but we have a structure that's built in operations. Every one of our volunteers is monitored. Um, uh, based off of geolocation of their devices, um, whenever they're they're on call, they're all in the system. We can we can see everyone. We're monitoring everyone, and we have uh, sort of a roster and, and like a roll call on all shifts throughout the country, every eight hours and throughout the shifts and every mission. Um, we have extra monitoring of them, especially when going out into the into the danger zones, the missile strikes, the the gunshot uh, incidents. 
Um, so we have uh, uh, double uh, eyes on them, eyes in the sky, and, and, and making sure we have roll call at the end of every call. At the end of every shift, we have our psychotrauma unit, which we've spoken about before. We have, right. Um, uh, that uh, does a, a debrief. Um, we've debriefed over 1,800 volunteers since the beginning of this operation. And, uh, and we've taken into uh, additional treatment, some of them, especially from the first 48 hours that were exposed to the worst horrific sites. Um, and uh, because we, we understand, and we all in EMS are, are, are familiar with the high rate of suicides in the, in, in the system and, and the emotional uh, burden uh, that this takes, especially when, when dealing with this. So we have super awareness when it comes to this. So we have also uh, this at the end of every shift and before every shift, a briefing um, to those in the area that are at high risk of, uh, of missile strikes and, uh, and terror attacks. Um, it, it's, 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 it's an effort. It's a major effort, but we understand that this is what will keep us uh, going for the for, for the, the duration of this mission, and we don't know how long it will be. Like I said, it may, maybe weeks, maybe months. There is inevitably going to be dark before the light of. I think we've all realized that, and uh, you know, there's still a lot to do. You, you mentioned the equipment supplies that you've used already. Obviously, you need more. Is there any? What, what can we give you? What can we send you? What can we do to help? Well, we have an organization, and I'll send you the link afterwards, Rob, uh, to, to our campaign. We actually just did yesterday or the day before. I can't. I lost track of time already. But an order of fifty million dollars of uh, of uh, additional medical equipment, as all our reserves were drained out in this past ten days, and, and looking forward, um, we're in, in imminent need of all equipment related to trauma command and control mobile clinics. We understand that the localized treatment will be needed, especially looking at what happened after the first 36 hours of all of our hospitals. Just to put things into perspective, again, I mentioned this before, Israel is not big. Israel is about the size of New Jersey with the population of New Jersey, which is about 10 million people. And we only have 22 hospitals here in the whole country. And uh, when, when we had 3,000 injured people transported to the hospitals immediately we had an over influx of the hospitals uh, so we understand that we're going looking forward if this develops to something on a larger scale we'll be needing to operate with this sort of like field hospitals clinics to do triage what actually needs to get to a hospital and what can be treated so we're now working on, the, on, on creating um, and expanding our field hospital unit triage tents uh, with equipment that uh, that we're we're going to be using there, we're talking about monitors, we're talking about um, mobile command centers, etc. Because we're looking at regional operation. If uh, if significant infrastructures are taken out, I'm talking about electricity. I'm talking about um, uh, communications, um, data, cellular towers, etc., which are on target of of our enemy here. So we are we are uh, doing a lot now to expand our capabilities for looking forward into uh, communications and, and, and overseeing the whole big picture. So uh, we'll publish that link in the show notes, first of all. And, uh, you know, if you send a dis discrete, distinct list of other equipment, I'm sure we can uh, we can pass that around and uh, obviously do what we need to do um, in the last 
12 months, we've certainly been looking, for example, at amulets for Ukraine. So we, we, we were focusing on that. Obviously, the focus is going to come back. It's, 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 it's a bit ironic that uh, until just a few months ago, we ourselves... Uh, of course, were, yes. More than 10 ambulances in Ukraine. We purchased and put ambulances in Ukraine and we're operating there. We did a massive humanitarian yep. effort there of bringing in some medical supplies, more than 150 tons of medical supplies into Ukraine. And now we're on this end. So Indeed. And, and actually, while we're talking about other good deeds that Hadzala has done, and one of the reasons I was hoping to talk to you a few weeks ago, as you returned from the mission to Morocco and to Marrakesh, and of course, the great connect, the great connector here is that uh, my home team at uh, Prodigy were able to send uh, uh, Rashid over to work with you guys. Of course, he is... Uh, Rashid was a major asset on the ground there. It was tremendous. This is what the beautiful thing about our family of EMS. Exactly. Is- Connections, as you sent an email, and he was boots on ground with us, and it was amazing. We treated hundreds of people in Morocco in these field clinics in the uh, towns that were de- de- devastated by the earthquake, and and it, it, we're, we're a small we're a small family in the world, a very special family that sheds a lot of light. I gotta say, we we, we are indeed, and uh, I, I certainly, and I know you do. I look at it that way that uh, we are a global village of, of medical providers. And uh, for, for the for the Marrakesh operation, of course, we were delighted to send you Rashid. But the focus is very, very firmly back on you. And Dov, this is the classic question I ask at the end of every interview, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there anything I've forgotten to ask you or anything you need to tell us and to tell the entire global EMS system? Wow. Um, I think that we, we all, for so many years, train... And, and treat patients, and 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 we always think we end up knowing it all, that we've seen it all, and done it all, and unfortunately, reality beats Hollywood ten times over, and unfortunately, there, there's evil in this in this world that always shows us that it can get so much worse, and the unfortunate sights that we need to see and deal with, um, knowing that uh, that this uh, community has our back, means a lot. Um, we have over 7,000 volunteers here. Well, a little less, 700 were drafted, but but 6,500 volunteers here that are full of spirit and, and, and professional and taking everything that they've learned and knowing that this community is backing them and giving us what we need in order to do our job on the ground means a lot. It really does mean a lot, and it's not a cliche. Knowing that everybody's behind us, knowing that good will beat evil and not uh, and not be misled by by any you know social media and, and BS pardon my directness and, and 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 fake news that they're trying to show about what's going on here. I can say firsthand I've seen it. I've been there, I saw it. It is all true and it is a hundred times worse, a hundred times worse than what is actually shown. And and as professionals you always know they don't show on TV or on social media what you guys actually see right. out there in the field. And I'm telling you, it's a hundred times. It's the face of pure evil, face of pure evil. And our job in this world of EMS is, is, is to, to do the good and show the good and good will win and we will prevail. Dov, I'm going to leave it there. Those were very, very strong words. As I said, I'm going to make sure that the world's EMS system sees this, hears this message, 
and uh, understands what you're going through. Um, from one brother to another, look after yourself. And I know in turn you will look after your team. And uh, Dov Maisel, uh, in the heat, in the thick of it, um, the light that is uh, over the dark. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rob, for the opportunity. So I'm just going to close off uh, before I let Dov go. I want to thank Dov and the team of United Hadzala for literally taking time. I'm recording in the morning here on the west coast of the US. It's actually nearly 9 p.m. at night in uh, in Jerusalem, in Tel Aviv, in the West Bank, in Gaza, everywhere over there. And so thank you so much for taking time with me. Don't forget, uh, you can listen to this on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch, and I commend it, if you're listening, just get onto YouTube and watch this because you need to see the emotion in Dob's face. Uh, and uh, please do that. So please make sure that uh, you continue to follow EMS One Stop. Thank you to my guest, Dob Maisel. I've been Rob Lawrence. This has been a very special edition, to me anyway, of EMS One Stop. See you next time.